Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Friday, October 6th. I am Stephen Serta, joined as always by the leader of Arrowhead Pride, my guy, Pete Sweeney. Sween, it's week five. Uh, Justin Fields, apparently after playing the Chiefs, <laughs> is the greatest quarterback in the history of the world. And DJ yeah. Moore is now the greatest wide receiver in the NFL until further notice. Yeah, I think when we looked at the schedule originally, this was the Justin Fields that I think we thought we would get when the Bears played the Chiefs. A lot of the people evaluating the league had the Bears probably making the playoffs a year ahead, potentially. And we're starting to see now in the last two games, it would have been nice for the Chiefs if he won last game. But we've seen in, in the two games there that he can be a true elite franchise quarterback. But uh, again, I, I think it's nice that the Chiefs have him in the rearview mirror. It's it's good that he found himself after that game. Yeah, I hope you started Justin Fields and DJ Moore in fantasy because they are on just an insane two-game run right <laughs> yeah. now, and the Washington Commanders do not look great. So, no. uh, But it was an exciting Thursday night football game, but we got plenty to get to on today's episode. So uh, if you're in the comments section, drop some questions or observations, anything you want us to acknowledge about this game. We'll try to get to it before we get out of here today. We'll probably be here about 15 to 20 minutes. Just kind of previewing the matchup and getting into the things that we think are important for the Chiefs and the Vikings on Sunday. And we'll start things off with the Chiefs updated injury report. It seems like everything is trending in the right direction for Kansas City. Uh, Nick Bolton, Steve Spagnolo kind of alluded yesterday that Nick Bolton is probably going to be a game time decision, but he's been getting back in practice in a limited fashion this week. Uh, so he's trending in the right direction. Cornerback Jalen Watson was also a full participant on Thursday. So yeah. it, it seems like the defense uh, going into what may be one of their toughest challenges going up against the Vikings offense this week on Sunday. Uh, it seems like they're healthy and it seems like they've got a good chance of deploying <clears throat> everything they got at Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I actually tend to think and. This is considering that Richie James is on IR, right? I think that Nick Bolton and Jalen Watson will actually play in this game. I, I think Bolton is trending in the right direction. I know that Bolton has only logged limited practices this week, but I just I tend to think that if he's even close, he's going to be ready to go. I mean, it, he's such a gamer, and just probably seeing Drew Tranquil have your job for the last two games, I think that's going to be some intrinsic motivation to push through whatever he's got. Not to say that the Chiefs would put him out before he's ready, but I, I just tend to think with him practicing, I, and if, if it's on the line, I think he's going to go, potentially could be on a limited snap count, and that's okay, right? Because we've seen Drew Tranquil do what he can do. I talked to Leo Chanel in the locker room, and they just had – Great things to say about everything that Drew has done in the past couple games here. And then Jalen Watson logged the full participation yesterday. I think he's good to go. And so the Chiefs should be full strength for this game. And if the Chiefs are, are full strength, it, it's tough to even think a, an offense with as many weapons as the Vikings have will you know pose the threat of somehow knocking off the Chiefs. So I feel pretty good about this weekend going into it, Steve. And you know, Tranquil's been great filling in for Nick Bolton and the Chiefs depth on the defensive side of the ball has really stood out so far early in the season. And I know last week on Sunday Night Football, we joked about it on Show and BK, uh, which is available for you now if you want to go check it out on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network that uh, the Chiefs turned Zach Wilson into a superstar quarterback and he was mm. playing out of his mind. And, you know, sometimes players just have those kinds of performances where you got nothing to lose and you're like, I'm just going to go out there and give it everything I got. 
Taylor Swift is in attendance. Uh, Wolverine <laughs> and Deadpool are in attendance. Celebrities like crazy. Media coverage like crazy. And Zach Wilson was just kind of playing unconscious. Like that was the best performance of his NFL career. That did not make me think anything less of the Chiefs defense. And I, I do truly believe that they've got some tough contests coming up later in the season. Obviously, the Miami Dolphins, uh, the Cincinnati yep. Bengals, if they get right, the Buffalo Bills later on in the year. But this is a great matchup to prepare them for those big contests later on in the year. Because while the Vikings are one in three football team, their offense is genuinely that good. Their offense can put up points with the absolute best offenses in the league. And Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson are playing like historically uh, uh historically like good offensive football right now yeah. aside from the Vikings turnovers so I think this is a great test for the Chiefs defense and if you're skeptical at all about what they put on paper so far this year I think we'll learn a lot Sunday uh, about how they perform against uh, a Vikings offense that's this talented yeah offensively against the Chiefs defense this is as good a test as you're going to get and not to say that Kirk Cousins, Cousins is among the, the better quarterbacks in the league, but just as far as weapons that they have, I, I really think that the Madison acres combo now that they have going is a little bit underrated. And so it's a, it's a good offense. And so you're right. I, I know that we've complimented the chiefs defense. I have made the comment that I think it's the best defense that the chiefs have had maybe in the Patrick Mahomes era. We'll really get to see if, they are that against the Vikings on, on Sunday. And I'm also curious as to how they're going to counteract Justin Jefferson. I tend to think, and I've talked with lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride, Ron Kopp, about this. I tend to think it's going to be Legereus Sneed following him around as much as possible, potentially with some safety help. I, I talked to Steve Spagnolo about this yesterday, and he kind of said that it seems like that is the plan, but they're not going to be able to get Sneed on him every time. So Really going to be a group effort with trying to stop what I think clearly is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Would you agree, Steve, with that? Yeah, I yeah. think that yeah. in a modern day NFL where there's so many talented wide receivers across the league right now and so many incredible players, Justin Jefferson has set himself above everyone else at that position. Yeah. And I don't think it's close. Like he is just that talented he does everything exceptionally well. He can beat you deep. He can, he can run the short intermediate stuff. He can beat you over the middle. He can win contested catches. Like He can He's do a, absolutely everything. We talked to Alec Lewis about this on the podcast network yesterday, but his contract is coming up, right? But he's the type of player, like it, it's not like the quarterback. He's the type of player that is going to make a certain amount of money, and then the other agents can and, and GMs can kind of get together and say, well, we can't pay the wide receiver more than Justin Jefferson because he's not yeah. that right like that's that defensive tackle situation that Chris Jones is probably going through it's like you are the best except for this one guy so let's there you know I, I I always talk about resetting the market he's going to reset the market but then he's going to be on his own atmosphere right? you know I, I think yeah so it'll be interesting to see how much he gets paid and then how much wide receivers get get paid after that because it shouldn't really be more for a little bit there yeah, he will without a doubt be the highest paid wide yeah. receiver in NFL history this yeah. offseason. Uh, he's just been that incredible. And I, I do think that Snead kind of trying to shadow him and Snead following him around the field, which we saw him do successfully last season. And I think this early part of the season has kind of been a ramp up process for Legereus Snead, where I think last week was the best Legereus Snead that we've seen so far because 
He's been improving each and every yeah. week. But when we first saw him week one, he was kind of slow to react and respond yeah. and that knee was maybe still bothering him. He's finally full participant. So I, I think that 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 slow ramp up process for Sneed has been in preparation for a game like this where they can really try to mm-hmm. deploy him against Justin Jefferson. So well, he had he had four missed tackles that first game. And I know that training camp isn't a big deal for some positions, but I feel like when you are one of these positions that really has to run all over the field, like a defensive back, you, you need to have those reps. And he just seemed out of sorts. And now I think he's finally settled in and, and looked like the player that, that we we've thought that he is. And it's good that he's been able to get some games under him. It's good that he's participating fully, especially with this challenge ahead, which is probably the tallest challenge in the NFL. Yeah, and the Vikings have so many other offensive weapons uh, that you can't overlook TJ Hawkinson, who's having a great start to the year. Jordan Addison, not totally in the mix yet, but has still found a way to make significant impact plays for them offensively. And then KJ Osborne can still make some plays for you here and there. And we know Kirk Cousins is playing really well right now. So offensively, the Vikings can do a lot of things to test this Chiefs defense. And it's actually a matchup that I'm really excited for because I am totally bought into what the Chiefs defense has done so far this year. But moving over to the offensive side of the ball for the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously, I'm interested to get your thoughts on this because we also talked about this on show MBK. And I want to get in the Chiefs wide receiver room and how they match up with this Vikings defense or whatever. But I want to start with Travis Kelsey. And and I want to get your thoughts on this because I haven't really talked to you about this, but Travis Kelsey, obviously week one misses the game. Travis Kelsey never misses games, but has that, that free Kuiper extension of his knee causes him to miss a game. And then he didn't really get like a slow ramp up process. Like I know he was limited initially, like coming back from it, but then it's just since then it's been off the injury report, full participant, Travis Kelsey's fine. Good to go. But compared to his standards and obviously he's getting, uh, uh, he's becoming an older player, but it does feel like maybe that early season knee issue has slowed him down a little bit more than anybody really realizes, especially because the chiefs are like, he's fine. He's healthy right now. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet a, a player who never gets hurt finally gets hurt. Maybe there's a, a little bit of, of a lingering issue there. That's kind of slowing Travis Kelsey down and also slowing the chiefs offense in general. Well, there is this thing and and players kind of joke about it. And, and it's funny that, we were at a point where they can joke about this, but they're only 100% in training camp. And then as the year goes on, you're never really 100%. I mean, you might get to 90, and but there's always the bumps and bruises. This is tackle football. And so you have that on top of the surprise injury week one that held him out of the game. If Travis Kelsey isn't playing, that, that injury is legitimate. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a few games of, of getting back in the mix. I, I don't, I don't feel like it's nagging him, but it is something that I think to remember that it was almost like you had to kickstart a car at the beginning beginning of a year. And it might take a few games, like we said with the Jerry Sneed, to kind of get going in in a way. I think he's fine. I mean, I, I think that especially this game, it's been enough games removed from that week one issue where I think you should see him be the guy that that we're used to seeing. And it's going to be important because, I you know, I think we talked about it with Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, and everything that the Vikings can do offensively. They're going to score in this game. So the Chiefs are going to kind of need to be clicking on all cylinders. And it's not only Travis Kelsey, it's going to have to be Steve, some of the secondary weapons. And I, I, you know, I think the Chiefs are 
are still trying to figure out who is going to be that go-to guy. I think Rasheed Rice is probably the best candidate there, but they are still, I think, trying to find out what their identity is beyond Travis Kelsey, beyond Isaiah Pacheco. Who's going to be that Juju Smith-Schuster for them this year? And obviously, Rasheed Rice is the hot topic right now amongst Chiefs fans. He's the guy that everybody's looking to because he's been the most impressive in that wide receiver room, and I don't think it's really been that close. Um, You know, Justin Watson's had some nice moments. MVS, for the most part, outside of like one big catch, has kind of been absent so far this year, and Sky Moore really has been absent so far this year. So Rasheed Rice is the most interesting guy in that room, but I I think – what I just want to see out of this passing attack is them try to challenge this Viking secondary because you can beat this Viking secondary. We've seen lots of teams do it. Yep. We saw Justin Herbert absolutely torch this Viking secondary with a banged up wide receiver crew uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so I want to see that. And I think Patrick Mahomes has acknowledged that this week when he spoke to the media on Wednesday, like, he was just like, I have to play better and, and took a lot of the blame for the performance against the New York Jets because uh, against the Jets in, in a game where the Chiefs easily could have put up 30 if he walks in the end zone instead of sliding mm-hmm. just to seal the win. Like he he still acknowledged that the reason that game was so close was because of his poor play, which I totally agree with going against uh, a Jets defense that's that talented. You can't have your superstar quarterback just heaving the football down the field into into double coverage. Right, right. No, and uh, I think that especially after games where Patrick Holmes f- feels like he didn't play well and it's his fault that it was even close, you tend to get a really good game out of him, him the next game. So I, I'm expecting a lot of efficiency out of Pat. I, and I, I think the, tr- the Chiefs have learned that these past few weeks because you've seen the progression of Isaiah Pacheco's carries go up that they need they really want to establish the run early on and you can kind of see what that does for the offense I, I believe Isaiah Pacheco got 20 carries last game and so I think they're going to want to establish the run early I'm really curious Steve about the matchup of Andy Reid and Brian Flores we've mentioned this now in a couple podcasts but I'll reiterate it here Brian Flores is blitzing right now at a 57 percent rate there is no way that it is that high this week because Patrick Mahomes is really good against the blitz and identifying the blitz and getting rid of the ball quickly and it can really damage you with some of the receivers that the Chiefs have I mean I know we haven't seen any big time highlight plays that maybe we've seen down the field in in a long time Um, but if Brian Flores opts to blitz at that rate, you're going to see Rasheed Rice down the field. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is sneaky fast. You know, I think you can maybe even see big plays from Travis Kelsey in, in the middle of the field. And so I'm interested in seeing what the rate ends up being. I, I tend to think Brian Flores is smart enough to show Andy in these couple games, we're going to blitz you all over and then maybe not do it so much. Like, I, I wouldn't even be stunned if it's sub 30% after having the highest rate in the league, Steve. I, I don't know. I, I don't think Brian Flores cares. I, I think he you think he's going to blitz trying, anyway. Yeah, I think he is just all trying right. to bring the heat all the time. Look at what right? that percentage is uh, next week. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, I don't I don't think he cares. I think he's like, I'm going to sack the quarterback and I'm going to put pressure on you. And, sure. you know, and it, it's worth mentioning Vikings defensive lineman Marcus Davenport was limited this week, but he's been working his way back from an ankle injury and he's an impact player for them if assuming he's good to go. Obviously, Daniil Hunter is a very talented pass rusher for the Vikings. And then 
they will blitz the hell out of you. So Mahomes is going to have to get rid of the ball this weekend. But I'm also, you mentioned Pacheco in the running game, which I would love to see this offense continue to do what we saw last week, which is really lean into the run to try to open things up because I think they can be a really effective rushing attack. But I also tend to think that we're going to see a lot of Jarek McKinnon this week because if Flores is just blitzing the hell out of Patrick Mahomes and Jarek McKinnon and his return to Minnesota after starting his NFL career there could be available for a lot of dump off passes, a lot of design yeah. screens, a lot of big plays. Like I, I tend to think while a lot of people will be on Isaiah Pacheco after the monster game last week, I'm kind of leaning into like this is a Jarek McKinnon game for the Chiefs offense. Yeah, it could be. And I, I know that uh, we're always trying to figure out these games. We look at projections and I think sometimes we forget about the human side of it a, a little bit. And, you know, I, as I was Steve, I, I like to play DFS. I throw in a lineup or two. I was looking last night and, and for example, I knew that Pringle, former chief, obviously has a relationship with Eric B now on the commanders played the Bears, So I was like there at some point in this game, I know that Pringle will get involved and hopefully it's for a touchdown. It didn't end up being a <laughs> touchdown, but lo and behold, during the middle of the game, he had a couple catches. And so I, I think that Andy Reed knows that I think. And I, 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 I know that people say, no, Andy Reid would never do this, but I think that's part of the reason why he realized like Isaiah Pacheco really wants to get involved in New Jersey because he's from New Jersey. And I I do think that there's a boost of former team. There's always going to be natural juice that comes from playing a former team. McKinnon was not shy about how there is extra juice when you're playing where you used to play. And a, a perfect uh, indication that Andy Reid understands that aspect is what he won't give the other team. He never provides extra motivation when they're playing a bear, a bears team who can't figure it out. What are they, Steve? They're well coached and they execute well. No, they don't, but yeah. he's not going to give them anything extra. And so if he's doing that to kind of counteract on the other side, you don't think that he's thinking, well, man, McKinnon is going to be extra motivated to get in the end zone this week. Why not? So I, I agree with you. I think McKinnon is a, a sneaky player to watch in this game, just considering the fact that in a way he's going home, so to speak. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident we're going to get a good chiefs performance this weekend. And I know the Vikings are kind of a desperate team looking to turn their season Mm -hmm. around after the one and three start. I I just tend to believe that the chiefs are just uh, overall, just a much more talented team. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be locked in after having a down game against the jets. So I'm not worried about them offensively. Obviously, the Vikings offense can give the defense some problems, but I think it's a great test for them on that side of the ball. So I I tend to think the Chiefs still find a way to get a win this weekend, and I'm feeling pretty confident about it, Pete. Yeah, I I mean, I'm predicting a Chiefs win this week. I think the Vikings are spicy, and the one thing that you got to remember is that because of their terrible start, they're in, in a little bit of that playoff mode right now where they have to really stack up wins and so i think that it is competitive i don't think it's gonna be easy by any means um i'm not even sure what the spread is but this is not a week where i think the chiefs are are gonna cover by any means it's, but i it, it was four and a half yesterday it's down to three and a half for the chiefs now oh well you know what maybe three and a half i kind of feel better about i thought it was four or five and a half three and a half they they may um but i again i i think it's this this is this is going to be a battle. Uh, this is not a game for me where you're going to see any kind of blowout by the Chiefs like we saw against Chicago. I, I think this is going to be a tough um, back and forth 
battle and it might come down to the fourth quarter, but I just don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to allow himself to play poorly two weeks in a row. Yeah. Got a couple of comments to get to before we get out of here. This is from Jared. Dangerous game for the Chiefs. Minnesota offenses and defense yeah. are a tough matchup regardless of their current record. Totally agree. Yeah. I, I don't think the Chiefs are sleeping on this Vikings offense at all, despite their record. I, I think they know exactly who Justin Jefferson and and what Kirk Cousins has been doing this season. I, I think they will be prepared for this contest in Minnesota. Yeah, I don't think they're looking past it. I, I think they realize that they flirted with disaster in New Jersey, and they're not going to allow that to happen in Minnesota. I mean, they you got to play a complete game. I, I know the Vikings record as well. And I mean, this is a team that won 11 games last year and is staring at a sub 500 season in the face right now. And so I, I completely agree. I, I don't I don't think you should look your, at the record in this game. This one coming in from Twitter. Uh, thoughts on why Justin Ross hasn't had more targets and reps. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious to get your take on this, Pete, because I, I know why I think so. And I would sure. obviously like to see him more involved. But I'm actually curious uh, what, what you see on the practice field and what you've seen from them recently. Yeah, I actually talked to Matt Nagy about this because we get it so often. Uh, I asked him the question yesterday. And he said that for Ross to earn more playing time, he needs to keep doing what he's doing in practice, which is working hard, trying to learn the different positions in the offense. And then he continued to say, we're learning what routes he does well. He's learning what routes he can get better at. And then we've got to, as coaches and teachers, we've got to develop him and continue to make him better. When you get an opportunity, whenever that is, whether that's today, this weekend, we're in five weeks from now, make the most of it. And his attitude has been phenomenal. He's very talented. Let's just keep developing him as coaches. And I, I think that's a little bit of coach speak there, but it's also essentially saying he has more to learn. I don't know how familiar he is with the playbook. I don't know if the Chiefs trust him in, with any given play. I think they have a plan for him. If you go back to what Brett Veach said at the roster cutdown, it was that Rice and Ross would be in packages, and then we'll see uh, how they develop. If you've noticed, Rice is been getting more and more snaps as you go. I, I think one of these last games, he was at, in for 50% of the offensive snaps. I mean, Justin Ross has only got a handful here and there. Uh, and so when he's in also, if, if he can start to, I, I think, accumulate some targets and catches, then you'll see more of him. It, to me, what that screams is it, it's a it's a playbook thing. It's a trust thing. And I just don't think he's there with the Chiefs coaching staff at, at this stage. That could change at any time, though. I mean, we've I think we've seen other than the Chicago game, which is an outlier because they're blowing them out and he got more snaps. I think we've only seen him get single digit snaps. I, I would be curious in a real game if he were to log 15 or 20 snaps, what that would look like. But haven't seen it yet. And I, I think we will see that eventually. But I, I wouldn't necessarily expect that this weekend. So, yeah, I, I think That's it's pretty for the Chiefs, like, and for the investment, and it's obviously it's a small investment in Justin Ross, and you hope that it, it does wind up working out. But for a player who missed as much time as he did, who had the significant injuries that he did, mm -hmm. to me it just feels like they're like, there's no point in rushing him out onto the field until we are confident that he's going to be able to fill the right. role that we want him to step into. And I also think that. Marquez Valdez Scantling is kind of that same yeah. type of player for them right now. And they're much more confident in what MVS brings to the table and, and his knowledge of the playbook. Now that's frustrating because MVS is a very up and down player, inconsistent player, which has kind of been mm -hmm. a, a theme for his entire career. 
But you see every week that Mahomes has a lot of trust in MBS and Mahomes targets him down the field and tries to put him in key situations. So I think that's also part of it. They just have so many bodies that they'd rather lean into the veteran presence than deploy him when he's not totally ready or isn't 100% comfortable with the playbook. Yeah, I also think this wide receiver rotation is somewhat temporary. Like, I think they're always going to have packages for certain receivers. There's a reason they're carrying seven receivers, and Andy Reid has been leaning into the rotation. But I think by the time the playoffs come, you're going to want to identify you know, three or four receivers that you really feel good about, and then the other ones kind of come in if there's injury. And I I still think the Chiefs are kind of figuring that out at this stage. And I, I know a lot of people have been clamoring for them to make a move and, and get a receiver. There's not a ton of money to really get an impact receiver in the room. So I think this is it. And, you know, my point has been let them develop and let's see what you have at the end of the year. You're still three and one. It's not like the Chiefs are one and three and losing games. They're kind of learning who they are on, on the fly. And this is just another iteration of the Patrick Mahomes experience where, you know, you kind of saw with Tom Brady, we're going to win one way. He, he won a couple, you know, a Super Bowl with the Legion of Zoom. Then he was able to win another one with Juju Smith-Schuster playing a role. You don't have Juju and McColl here, but it's essentially the same cast of characters. If you really look at the production from McColl in New York, non-existent, Juju in, in New England, it hasn't been great. And so it's kind of the same receiver group you won the, with, you won the Super Bowl with last year. So I, I, I get the restlessness of the fan base when it comes to receivers but it's a young group they're trying to figure out who is going to be reliable they haven't necessarily figured that out yet but they're winning in the process which to me is the most important thing so yeah i'm not in any way interested in them trading for a wide receiver right now um i have faith that the chiefs offense will get going and they will figure things out and make this work uh they've There's too much invested in the young wide receiver room to just admit fault and be like, okay, now we're going to go trade for a guy like Chase Claypool or something who has been an issue everywhere he's been and has not been productive in three years. Like, I'm not interested in a player like that. I would rather see a million times. Yeah, I've seen it a million times. Player X name of the player becomes available and it's like, man, that would look he would look really good in the Chiefs jersey. Clay, Chase Claypool would not look good in any any jersey. I mean, if, if I'm if I'm reporting on any team, it could be any team in the league right now. I mean, I I would say no to to Chase Claypool. It's two two team or two teams in three years. They tell him to stay home. I, I I've talked about this on on six ten. I know that we're getting the reports out of Chicago, and if they're telling a player to stay home, who they traded for, really a, a lot of value for. There has to be more to it that is not making the the media. And, uh, you know, I've talked about this as well. The whole NFL personnel, that whole thing, it's a small circle. Everyone has each other's numbers. They talk regularly. Like, they're all kind of, in a way, in this weird fraternity. Yes, they're competing, but every GM has every other GM's phone number. You don't think that Brett Veach has has asked Ryan Poles, like, what's the deal with Claypool and kind of gotten the real story? There's no reason to bring someone like that into the mix, especially when you have seven receivers, Steve. And then when Richie James is, is healthy, what if Montreal Washington is an asset? Now you suddenly have eight receivers. The Chiefs yeah. do not need a ninth receiver. I'm sorry. You know, I don't, 
No, it's a no for me, dog, on uh, Chase Chase Claypool. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think the wide receiver room right now is that different from the wide receiver room last year, and we saw them yeah. figure it out and, right. and get and get it going. It just takes some time, and and the right. Chiefs. This isn't uncommon for the Kansas City Chiefs, so I, I'm confident in the offense and in Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes getting things figured out with the wide receivers, but. He's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. And follow all of our incredible coverage at arrowheadpride.com. We got everything you need to know about the Chiefs and Vikings coming up on Sunday afternoon. We also got a fresh episode of Kingdom Keys dropping tomorrow morning for, for to preview Sunday's game for you guys. So uh, very excited about this offensive matchup on Sunday. We will talk to you guys then. 